This podcast is made possible by an almost generous contribution from Mike Bradner, Injury Attorneys. Hurt in a wreck? What the heck? Call the big guy, Mike Bradner, 504-345-1111. And it's time for another podcast episode of Tell Me What You Really Think with our star, attorney Mike Bradner. I'm Spud McConnell, your host, here to guide you through the complexities of Mike Bradner's thinking process. So let's find out, what does Mike Bradner really think? And welcome to another edition of Mike Bradner, Tell Me What You Really Think, starring the one and only Mike Bradner. Hey, Mike. How are you? (laughs) You want to introduce yourself? No, everybody knows who I am. No, you should have been in here before I started recording. God, uh, man, we can't talk about some of that shit on the air. Oh, I know. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> that's terrible, though. Yeah. Said, you know, you should, because it's tell me what you really think. And you were telling me what you really think. And I'm going, that's fascinating. Yeah. But the problem is, you don't want necessarily other people to know what you really think. I can't talk about it right now, I guess, no. is the best way. Not Fine. good timing. No. Well, it, it's like comedy. Yeah. Timing is everything in comedy. You know? Right. We'll you know, talk about it after, after after it's resolved is the best way. Oh, no. Can't they apply for appeals and shit no, like uh, that? No, Not on this? Okay. Not on this. All right. Okay. <laughs> we were talking actually about, uh, well, we were, talk, we were talking about, I got to talk about this one first. Okay. Okay. So we were talking about going to school, paying to go to college, stuff that you got to learn how to do. Right. Okay. And I was talking about, okay, I have a master's degree. From LSU in acting, dramatic theory, theater history, and production itself. Building props, designing, building set. I mean, all that kind of crap. Okay? Right. An MFA, a Master of Fine Arts, is a terminal degree, and you focus just on the performance. Right. All right. I graduated from LSU in 1985 with my master's degree. I immediately went into show business. I started as the house comic at the Green Room Comedy Club. I started, and then I went on the road. And I worked with, like, Jay Leno, mm-hmm. Elaine Boosler, right. you know, I mean, Bob Saget. I worked with some really big names on the road. And uh, anyway, and then I went, and then I started doing the Kingfish, and I did that for 30 years. I've got 100 film and TV credits. I mean, right. I got credits out the ass. Yeah. It's, they are. They're right there on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting old, and sometimes you want to just kind of kick back and, you know, relax. And so I try applied for some university teaching gigs. Right. I don't have a terminal degree. I just have an MA, not an MFA. And explain to people, because I didn't know what you meant by terminal degree. A terminal degree degree is like a PhD, a doctorate, or a master's of fine arts, which is like a professional degree. So you have studied and have achieved a certain level in the profession of whatever you're studying, whatever art form you're studying. Right, but terminal terminal is like, it's the last degree you could possibly get in whatever... Category you can always you, you can in. always go more, but the fact of the matter is, if you have a if you have a an MFA in acting or an MFA in directing, you have achieved a terminal degree, which okay. qualifies you to teach in a university. Forty practical forty years practically of practical professional experience don't count. Right. So I was saying I, I couldn't get an interview with somebody's with any of these colleges about teaching theater at their school because I didn't have a terminal degree. You got somebody out there who got their MFA at 24, and three years later, they're applying to teach because they go out in the real world and they see how freaking hard it is. Right. And, but they can teach. So what are you going to teach them? That you sucked 
for yeah, 30 I mean, years. It, so you there's no there's no personal experience or anything no. like that. Yeah. yeah. So and I mean, it gets under my skin like a tattoo. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I can relate. Uh, in law school, it was the practitioners that I learned the most of, m- most from. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all qualify for teaching. Don't get me wrong, but um, the real world experience kind of gets you prepared for the real world. Whereas if you're stuck, you know, not stuck, but if you just want to teach and you have no real world experience, then it really doesn't do it doesn't do the student any good because you're not preparing yourself for the real world. That's I agree with you. <laughs> we're on the same page. Well, we're, we're forking out a lot of money to go to school. And look, yeah, when I got my master's degree from LSU, I owed nobody nothing. I had a '71 Cheval Malibu that needed a paint job and a new front seat. Right. And I had my sheepskin, but I didn't owe any any money because I spent every summer except like the last one because I did summer stock finally. But undergrad, welder's helper, ditch digger, construction work. Right. Every summer. Didn't even own a car until I got to grad school. All my money went to schooling. Right. And then I get out. I can't even get a Visa card. I see deadbeats out there. Visa's throwing cards at them. I got a shell card. That was it. Because <laughs> I had no credit. Because I was a deadbeat. Because right, right, right. I paid for everything. You right. know? Yeah, that's that's what a lot of people don't understand. I mean, well, I guess the older you get, the more you understand it. But your credit, if you want to remain debt-free, you're not going to have a good credit score. And you're going to have problems qualifying for certain things that you would need credit for, like a credit card. Like a credit card or a mortgage. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're actually doing the proper thing by keeping yourself out of debt, but it's it's dinging your ability to do certain things. And that's what I found out about that. And that's why I went and got a credit card. The next thing you know, I'm in the hole. Right. Because nobody teaches you that either. No, you know, my dad, yourself out. My dad didn't have a credit card until after I graduated from high school. You know, mm-hmm. he saved up. Well, you want this? Saved up money, bought it. Right. He didn't care about all that. He had a mortgage. He paid that mortgage off on the house when I was like 12. Yeah. You know? So it's like he didn't... When he died, when my mother and father died, died the same night. Are you serious? Serious. Same oh, night. Oh, wow. Heart it's attack kinda, and a stroke. I mean, I hate to say that's good, but I know my grand, my grandfather died after my grandmother, and let's just say he didn't take that too well. Yeah. Well, you know? same thing happened with my parents. Yeah. But the fact is, it's like when they passed, my dad worked for the state, for mm-hmm. the highway department. Right. So he didn't make money hand over fist. But between the property he owned and a life insurance policy and some other stuff he had put away, you know, he he left all of us with a with a with a, a nice nest egg to start our lives with. Right. You know? And that's all because he didn't he didn't buy anything he didn't need and he didn't, you know. Of course, me, I got so much shit in my house I don't need. <laughs> I my, gonna, my wife would agree with you about me on that one. Well, that you got a lot of stuff you don't I need? I got a lot of stuff I don't need. I'm trying to will it down, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about guns before. You got way more guns than I do. Yeah. I could probably use a rifle. Other than that, maybe a, auto, a semi-auto handgun. But other than that, I got all the guns I need. Yeah, I mean, well, the issue with guns is, uh, I mean, I, I hunt a lot. so. That's, well, you also inherited. Yeah. And look, I'm I'm I have handguns. I did inherit some guns, but I have handguns. And let me just tell you, um, I'm very glad I had them because I had to show 
show it twice in the French Quarter because yeah. I recognized that I was about to be mugged. Oh yeah, we talked about twice that within the same day, within the same week at least. Yeah. yeah, I've only pulled mine out and showed it to somebody once. But we're now. talking about guns, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I pulled my magnum out. Now okay. Go away. Don't come in here. Yeah, be careful when you said I've only pulled my mine out once. You, you don't know. Yeah, I did it in your office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was talking, your two secretaries hey, that, up front. <laughs> uh, look, we just end up. We just uh, unconsciously went to a good topic with uh, Zoom that we're going to talk about next time. No, nah, that's 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 the whole point about it. This is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that next time we're going to talk about that kid with the BB gun, and they finally settle with Jefferson Parish. But that's next and time. And the CNN guy. And the CNN. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which one pulled out a, a smaller caliber yeah, weapon? So, talking about pulling something out. But anyway. <laughs> Ooh, you're um, so quick today. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean. Well, but tell me, sir, you you went to you went to school. You paid a ton of money to go to school to study yeah. accounting, and the guy who taught accounting did. Well, I was actually it wasn't accounting. I started out getting an MBA. I'm not going to talk about where, but because um, I mean it's a good, there's a lot of places. You it's get them a good online. school, and this happens frequently, not just at this university. But um, I, I, I getting an MBA degree was always something I wanted to do. Um, so a few years ago, I decided to get an MBA. Probably like two years ago. And I enrolled in a program, got in, everything else. Um, the first semester, I took an accounting degree, which is something, I mean, when you're in law, law school, whatever, you don't learn accounting. So it was something I, I needed to learn. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, funny enough, I took a marketing class, which was required of the MBA. And the marketing teacher literally just had, I guess, his terminal degree mm-hmm. and started teaching. So he goes right from school to teaching school. Yeah, and he had. So he's not out. He's not out marketing shit. He, he had zero experience, and what it what it resulted in is him focusing on like the you know marketing for a Fortune two hundred company, which, I mean, hopefully some of these people in the class would be you know good enough to work there, get yeah. a gig with them. But I, I mean, I, I'd be honest to tell you, like, at least half to seventy to seventy percent of them are going to wind up, you know, if they do marketing, they're going to wind up doing for smaller companies who are on tight budgets and everything else, not like Coca Cola, which not is like, what he was teaching. Not like Mike Brander, injury attorney. Exactly. I mean, you got every, <laughs> we all have tight budgets, but, um, and 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 to say that he was, I hate to say he wasn't teaching things properly, but he was he wasn't teaching things for. You know the 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 normal business owner. You know, like um, who do you Dornax or you know yeah. whatever or Parish Coffee? We we're talking about that, but um, you know, it's a talk, you got to have a different mindset. It's more like okay, I have this pot of money, I want to apply it to marketing. What's the best way to do it? Yeah. And uh, during the marketing class, I was actually talking to my marketing rep. I mean, my, the guy that's in charge of marketing. And I was talking to him about, like, there's four Ps or something like that in the marketing. And he started laughing. He's like, man, that's just so basic educational stuff that once you start practicing, it's it's yeah. not even necessary to learn. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting because we had to do a presentation. And I told my group, you know, I had a group of, for some reason, I'm always stuck with the jocks. But I had, had Can't a, yeah, but I had a group of uh, athletes with me. And uh, that played <clears throat> NCAA ball, but uh, they, I just told us the guys, I got this. Don't worry about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used the law firm as the as the uh, the quote unquote 
business that we were going to, you know, yeah. fake business. You didn't have to create thing. a business. Yeah. And then, uh, <clears throat> and we were able to put everything together, but it was just based upon experience, you know, and that's like practicing law. It's like you're in law school. When you graduate from law school, you're not ready to practice law. You really aren't. I mean, no, I you're qualified sure. because you have a degree if, and you yeah. pass the bar and stuff like that, but you're really not, um, you're missing a lot of things that are really just you have to learn on yeah. on the job. It's one of those. It's one of those gigs. I don't know, acting is and lawyering are you know in a sense they're the same thing because what you're doing is going if you're going to do litigation, you're going right. to get in front of an audience, the jury, yeah, and you're going to convince them that your side is right. And unless you're just flagrantly opposite of what the law says, yeah, you may you may and win. Now, and now you'll have people that go out of law school and and you know become district attorneys or or, you know, public defenders or something like that. And, you know, people are like, well, they're litigating, they're, you know, trying cases, whatever, but they're learning from people who are tutoring yeah. them, so to speak, and they're helping them out. And that's, you know, that's... They don't give, <laughs> they don't give uh, somebody fresh out of law school if they go to the public defender's office or the DA's office. They don't give them big cases. They give them lightweight things you gotta, and they tell them what to go do. Yeah, you got to start small and you have to have... I mean, in, in, in any kind of organization, there's a role model, for lack of a better word, or a mentor, probably be a better word, for them to go bounce question, questions off of or get mm -hmm. ideas from. Or like in the case of trying cases in the district attorney's office, you know, usually it's two people trying a case and one person has more experience than the other, you know? Yeah, and if, and if the, one with, the one with more experience isn't necessarily going to always win, but they recognize things that are coming they can see the patterns it's the same thing on stage it's the same thing like getting in front of an audience to perform i mean like when you shoot a movie okay you you got to show up knowing your lines you've had your discussions with the with the, the director you know what the character is going to do but they only shoot a little bit at a time right i mean it's very rare i did early on because yeah. i was all you know an eager beaver but later on like now I know the script, I know the character, but sometimes there's rewrites. So I don't bother memorizing all the lines of all the shit that I got to do right. until like the night before, unless I got like big scenes or something. Right. But that, I mean, because you're going to have more than one opportunity to redo it. Yeah. And, I, and somebody may ad-lib at you and you got to be prepared to go back at them or a plane may fly over and cut or a light may blow up, you know? Right. So the stage is different because the stage is a progression and you got to know everything but you never know what's going to come from the audience. That's right. I mean, shit, when I did stand-up comedy, you'll, you'll, you'll have a heckler. And if you're good, you'll zing them with a line, they'll shut up. But the two worst kinds of hecklers are, number one, who think they're contributing to the show. So you zing them and everybody laughs. Oh, well, look, I'm making everybody laugh. Right, so they keep coming continue, at you. Yeah. You know, and then they'll come up after the show. Hey, I helped your show. No, you didn't. My show don't need no help. That's right. why I'm up here and you're out there in the fucking dark. Right. The second thing is, is you zing somebody and they get pissed off and they throw a beer bottle at you. I've had that happen. Well, let's see, one beer bottle and one ashtray. What was that movie with? I think it's Dennis Quaid, Roadhouse. Yeah, where they were playing in a band and they had and the chicken wire and they were throwing and and, and, uh, and uh, the Blues Brothers too. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, yeah. Because people <laughs> throw shit at them. And you look, bro. You got to be quick, man. Yeah, exactly. You got to keep your eyes open. Because I had to duck both of those things. I know a guy. Um, God, dog, Kenny, what is his last name? He's a comic out of Houston. He was fun. He was like a lerp mm -hmm. in, a, in Vietnam. Okay. Long range reconnaissance. Oh, patrol. nice. Yeah. He was a badass. And he played the guitar on stage. And right. He sang funny songs. And he, he was funny. 
Then he zanged somebody, and they came up on the stage, and he beamed them with his guitar. Oh, really? He flattened them. With the, but the guy was drunk and coming at him. And he yeah. said, that's it for you. Boing, like El right. Cabong, man. Awesome. <laughs> Quick drama, girl. That's and insane. the next thing you know, I'm getting phone calls. All these people calling, Kenny got arrested, man. We got to get, him. We gotta <laughs> we gotta get, get bail him money for Kenny. I said, okay, well, how do I send money? And I, you know, When you're on the road, you get paid in cash. So right. At least yeah. you did back then. I don't know what they do now. But. I guess Western Union, huh? I guess so. I mean, that's, that's the, you know, what I did was I had, I called up my brother because I was sending money home and I had him just mail a check. So, oh, yeah. You know, but uh, I what guess. Do do? Right. Yeah. Well, he got off because they had a lot of witnesses. No, the guy was coming at him, you know. Yeah. And they, I mean, and Kenny was a little bitty dude. You know, and I was talking to. Uh, like Kenny on South Park. Kind of. But I was talking like, like, we have mutual friend like Dennis Miller. And I met Dennis Miller and we were talking about Kenny. And that, and that whole thing. And he goes, yeah, man, he was out of jail before I found out about it. You know, I didn't send him any money. I said, well, shit, you could have bailed this whole thing out and paid for his lawyer. Right, right. But anyway, so that's, there's practical experience that you ain't going to learn in the MFA program. That's right. You know? I mean, you, you uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the moral of this whole podcast. Moral? <laughs> like, we're to, moral. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is to, um, you know, it's just say that we, you know, you learn more from people that have, not only it, it's a mixture of that educational foundation, but also the on-the-job experience. I mean, you need that. Well, that's like you know, you can go to like Delgado or Nunes or somebody like that, and you can learn to be an auto mechanic or a welder or a pipe fitter or electrician <laughs> or some shit like that in two years. You know, right. um, you can go, or you can be a journeyman, and I mean. As far as, okay, I have my master's degree, okay, but two years into being a professional actor out of college, nobody gave a shit about my college degree. You know, maybe if I had an MFA from Yale or NYU or something like that, but I got a friend of mine who went to NYU and got an MFA in acting, and you know what? Couldn't get a job as an actor. Ended up, you know, working in shipyards, and he probably made a shitload of money more than an actor, but he, he didn't get it. When I I have a master's degree in tax law, but when I when I was in Boston getting that degree, um, I was talking to somebody. I was at a bar, but I mean, I, you know, I was you? in school. Yeah, I was at in a school. Bar. Yeah. Who the fuck it? Yeah, which is weird because now I don't drink. But um, I was at a bar, and I was talking to somebody, and he was complaining about how he could not just find a job, and he was out of school, and I did not ask him where where he graduated from. But then, to, you know, towards the middle of the conversation, I'm like, well, where did you graduate? He, he was from Athens, Georgia, but he wanted to stay in Boston and work mm-hmm. in Boston. And I was like, well, where did you graduate? You know, what university? He's, he said Harvard. And I'm like, I looked down, I'm crazy. I said, are you kidding me? You can't find a job and you graduate from Harvard? And what he explained, he's like, Mike, we're in Boston. They're, you know, they're, they're Harvard graduates, uh, graduates all over the place. Yeah. And and that's when I told him, I was like, Get dude, out. go to Athens, man. Go back to Athens. I'm sure you might be the only Harvard graduate in Athens. Or, yeah. you know, go to some place like that to where the Harvard degree really sticks out. Yeah. Well, I went to Harvard on the bayou, so. Nichols? Nichols, stay, baby. Yeah. I don't know, man. But, again, it doesn't, I mean, if you hang it on your, I don't, I notice you don't have any of your diplomas hanging All on my the diplomas were destroyed during Hurricane Katrina. You get um, new ones. Yeah, and I, and I, and I did, I had which one? I think the only one that I was able to get was the Loyola law degree. Um, the other ones I was having problems getting. Uh, really? To the fact that I was 
too worried about rebuilding life and, and yeah. you know, starting to practice that I just kind of like blew it off. Yeah. You know, one of my, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put it up anyway. I mean, I, I don't need to see my degrees. Well, it ain't for you though. In that sense. Yeah. But it's a lot of the time, I'm one of the few people though. if I go to like a doctor's office or some shit like that, you'll look, if I'm sitting in an office for a while, I said, well, I can either read the diploma or sit on my thumb. So I guess I'll read the diploma. Right. And you start reading some of this stuff. It goes, this shit sounds made up. You know? Well, you read, you read something like for the diplomas, for instance, you know, and you talk about time. And with certain professions, it's like, okay, he graduated in 1975, and you're thinking to myself, I hope he's up to modern technology or, yeah. modern, you know, whatever. And uh, it's like, I hope I'm not getting, like, 1975 treatment over here, you know? You could be. Yeah. You could be. I mean, right. I, you know, there's a buddy of mine who was a big-time hog rider, and I hate to say this because mm -hmm. I like Harleys. Yeah. But he traded in his Harley for, like, a rice burner, you know? He's like this Honda Gullwing or something like that. I said, dude, I have never seen you on anything but a low rider or, a, or you know, electric light or something. He goes, hey, man, you know what? That's 1950s technology. Right. And he said, this this electric light. I said, yeah, but it, it looks like a transformer. Yeah. You know, after a while, you kind of got to go, you have class, are you in the wind? What's the deal? Right. So, yeah. But, hey, you know what? He's in the wind, and uh, I got a side swipe to pick up truck. So there you go. Well, there you go. And I can't even call you up because I don't know who did it. <laughs> you can't call Brad. Hey man, somebody sideswiped my truck. Well, you're screwed. So yeah, you know, if there's yeah, you don't know who did it. That's a problem. I don't know. I could match the paint to your Bradner mobile out front. Uh, How often do you use that thing? We use it. I mean, every the, day. The accident response team thing. Oh, that was just every something. time I pull in here, I think the JP is here. No, no, that was something just cute that we did because that's actually it was a it's an old police car, and a friend of mine sells. Uh, you know, car wraps and car, no, 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 he sells cars like wholesale, oh. or whatever. And he pulled up in it. I'm like, Is that an old police car? He's like, Yeah, what do you think? I was like, That's awesome. <clears throat> and uh, it was actually in good condition for being a police car. So, uh, you know, I just kind of styled the wrap. Not, I didn't want to look like a police car, so I yeah. didn't make it sure that you know, but I kind of styled the wrap after a police car. Well, Made dude, sure it's got like a badge on the side of it for crying out yeah, loud. Yeah, but but it also has like the name and everything else. But I wanted to make sure that nobody thought that it was a police car. You but could yeah. put, you could write, "This is not a police car," and people are gonna go, "That's a police car." It's a friend, a, a friend of mine was is a DWI attorney in uh, in Houston, and he, he's rich. And well, he 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 had a uh, a Yukon that was a foreign police car. And he put lights on it and everything. He's driving around. Of course, he jacked it up and did all the Texas stuff to a yeah. truck he could do. And uh, but it, it was hilarious, you know, the way that he did. It. He still drives around in it, dude. You can't do that in this state. <laughs> well, he, you can't he, put lights on your car in this. I know a very high political figure who wishes he could put lights on his car. And yeah. He can't. Well, you you know that's that's something interesting. So when I was working at the legislature, they would have a lot of legislators that. They thought they could have the blue lights on their car. No, they can't. So they're like rushing to the Capitol to go to session because they're commuting, and they get pulled over because they have the lights. And you know, I remember it was a it was a a woman legislator, and and you know she was saying, yeah, the officer just said, "Ma'am, you can't do this. Why are you you know yeah, why are you doing it?" I remember so, that. Yeah, and she got in a lot of trouble. She got pissed off. Like, who do you think you're talking to? Exactly, a jailbird. Exactly. That's what I'm talking to now. If yeah. you'd have just shut the lights off and went, "Oh, I'm sorry, officer," and just you probably would have gone on your merry way. I'm going, yeah, I didn't know about that. Go to the auto zone that. and yank them lights out of there. Right. Because right. the next time I see you, you're going to the pokey. Right. Yeah. You know, you can't do that. No. You can, but then 
You know, exactly. That's why, you know what, and if you're talking to, like I was talking to uh, Joe Lapinto, had him on my show. and, and I love Joe. He's a trip. He's awesome. But I was talking about that very thing, and he goes, if you get, <clears throat> if somebody comes up behind you with lights, and you're like by yourself, and it's dark, and you don't know for sure, he goes, get on the phone, call 911, tell them what's going on, and where you're at, and that somebody's behind you with lights, and you are going to go to the nearest police station or nearest well-lit area. Right. Because they'll go, okay, let me find out. And they'll tell you whether the person behind you is a real cop, and the cop will know what's going on, and go, okay. Because that happens more frequently than you think. A lot. Fake police officers. And then we were having a conversation um, with my daughter about Uber drivers. Yeah. Make sure you match the person's face that you have on your app to the driver. Because there there've been instances, I mean, it happened to my friend's fiance where she was about to get in a car and I guess he had the app too and he noticed it wasn't a driver, he pulled her out he pulled her out and said, No, 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 you, you can't get in this car. They were gonna go, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever they do. Well, that's because she wasn't holding a piece too. <sighs> well, yeah. And well and, and you know, you're still only reducing your risk like ninety percent because there's they got some Uber drivers who Oh yeah, I'm sure. Because yeah. they ain't holding a piece. Yeah, I mean that's just yeah, you know, well, I mean, you don't want to hold a piece if you need an Uber driver because then you're drunk. You're on, you're running to a whole bunch. No, of you gotta wait. You gotta get in the car <clears throat> and then tell them where you're going and put your hand in your purse or something like that. You don't get yeah. into the car. You know, I have room for the shotgun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm gone. Yeah. You have any extra shells up in there? I know you Uber drivers are always prepared. You're all Boy Scouts, aren't you? I don't know if everybody can tell, but I think we we're, we both have ADHD and we're all. <laughs> <laughs> My wife points that out to me a yeah, lot. But going back to um. The professors. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been talking about practical professional experiences. That's true. No, that you is know? true. I mean, just experiences with life. Right. I mean, I can teach my kid how to make a fire without matches. Okay. But you also have to teach him not to start a forest fire. Right. You know? So, I mean, it's all, it, it. there's lots of little nuances. And, like, I gave a speech the other day at the East Jefferson Business Association. Right. And they called me. I said, what do you want to talk to me for? I'm not a businessman. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm trying right. to be. They go, you know what? We just want to hear somebody make us laugh. I said, well, I can do that shit. Yeah, but, you know, the thing is, though, if you think about it, you you know, if you're in a business, you either have to, you know, you have to sell your business. You may have to do presentations to other businesses, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So your skills do come into play. Like this. That's, exactly. This is one of my businesses doing podcasts. Yeah. I do my own that I sell ads in. I do podcasts for you who mm-hmm. pay me a fee yeah. to do this, you know. But yeah. it's like, I think you're doing it just to be cathartic. I just, I mean, it's just fun. Well, I admit I enjoy our conversations. And then when we used to be on the radio together uh, once in a while, um, yeah, it was just fun. I agree. It yeah. was a lot of fun. It was. I wish, and quite frankly, between you, me, and Weldon, God bless him, and rest his soul, he died the Sunday before Christmas. Hey, I didn't even know you had to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Died the Sunday. As a matter of fact, that's why I talked to Vivian the other day. And they're gonna have a uh they're gonna have a memorial service for him uh in November. And uh like I went stop by the house, I ba- I baked some stuff. And right. I was gonna bring it by the house and uh then nobody was there, so I called her brother at the uh driving school they had. Right. It's Christmas Eve, about one o'clock in the afternoon. She was at Lake Lawn one last visit of the body before they went to the fire. Yeah, that's horrible. Like, oh. And I mean, just I mean, Mike, they had the driving academy, and uh, he actually taught my oldest. This is a funny story. He taught my oldest how to drive. Like he did the whole driving stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so as she's driving, he has the radio on to you know the station that that we would that we yeah, would KKND. Be in. yeah. 
And um, my commercials kept coming up. And she <laughs> she tells Mike, she's like, um, can we turn off the radio? Because I feel like my dad is looking over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and he did, too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Now, my, he taught all three of my kids. You know? And I mean, and, and I teach them a little bit, but they go, Mr. Mike never loses his cool. You no, know? he was always laid back and whatever. Yeah. And, Even when uh, somebody somebody like ran off the road and ripped the mirror off the side by hitting a garbage can, yeah, still didn't lose his cool, right? You know, and I mean, the daddy paid for it. You kind of need it. that, yeah. to teach people how to drive. I couldn't do it. I there's no. I mean, when my when I first got in the car with my daughter, I uh, I think I had panic attack at least maybe five panic attacks. I didn't have that, but when I get in the car with him, like I know. All three of my kids are a little bit different. Like my oldest, you need to tell her two miles in advance what you're going to do. Right. And she's good to go. Jack boy, you can wait till almost the last minute. Mm -hmm. Annie, the youngest, she's like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, with me, dealing with accidents all the time, it's just like you get in a car and it's, you know, (laughs) you start running through all the things that could happen and you just really nervous and, and yeah. then you get it on you know somebody don't ever drive. drive just don't drive stay home don't ever leave you know you gotta drive please <laughs> all right well coming to the end of another add show yeah. adhd since we've been all over the board here with uh mike brandner yeah next podcast next week and uh we're gonna talk about uh yeah zoom is this your rifle this is your gun this is for fighting <laughs> and this is for fun so we're gonna talk about the the kid with the bb gun and zoom and jefferson parish school board has uh They've uh, they've settled with that, which I that's think good. Is, that's smart. And yeah. uh, the other thing we're going to talk about is Jeffrey Tubin from CNN, who uh, got who, caught. Who, who didn't realize the Zoom camera was on? Apparently. Yeah. How stupid can you be? I, I mean, don't know why you'd want to even do that in an office anyway. In an office, really? Too. At your I mean, desk. And don't you have Put a shower? Go do the shower. You'll make us a big mess. Exactly. Anyway, so that's more uh, more coming up. Next go round. In the meantime, tell me what you really think. Okay, thanks, Mike. Had a good time. Let's find out what else Mike is thinking about next week on Tell Me What You Really Think.